I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to episode 13 of NBA Holes. I apologize, we could not pod last week. Um, I was not available, and Dave was at Irish Weekend in Toronto. Dave, how you doing, man? How you feeling after that? Yeah, I'm good. I'm always good. Um, it's nice to be back. Thank you, Justin, for filling in two weeks ago. Yeah, Justin did great. Even though he's a Knicks fan, he did great. Yeah, you kind of it's it's kind of like playing golf with like a, an 18 handicap where you just have to. <laughs> kind of ease them in, you know, let them think they're doing well, but no, he, Justin's great, and he, he really knows his stuff. He and does. It, Justin's it, a very smart... It's a shame that he's from New York, and his only option was the Knicks. Yeah, it's tough, because he's, he's a super smart guy. I love the guy to death, but he can't help where he was born, so um, let's start with Twitter questions tonight. First Twitter question comes from Rick Ricardinho. 1892. He's asking, who would LeBron have to take to the Lakers in order for them to challenge the Warriors? Um, Realistically, we can't just make up a super team that's just, you know, you can't say the five best players and throw them on a team. Okay, of, of people that are going to be available next year, mm-hmm. um, Paul George. I agree with that. I think he's definitely going there. Chris Paul. I could see that if it doesn't work out in Houston, because it's basically a one-year deal he's on. Yeah. Um, Boogie Cousins, but they'd have to trade for him. But I think that LeBron's best path to beating the Warriors would be to have a dominant inside force. Yeah. Because if you look at how the Cavs beat them, they beat them inside with rebounding, with hustle, and that weakness is still there for for Golden State. They're still not a particularly good rebounding team. Um, they don't have what you'd call elite rim protection. Like KD is probably their best rim protector, um, other than the great Javale McGee. Uh, so if you were to put Boogie 
in the post against them, drawing double teams and then having the likes of LeBron and PG cutting from, you know, from him, I think that's probably your best way to beat them. I, I think old school kind of might be the best way to beat them. As long oh, as, as long as you've got switchable, switchable defenders on the wings. Yeah. And as long as you can make your three point shots and, so Chris Paul's a decent slowing three point shooter. Basically. Huh? So basically slowing them down. Slowing and not them, just... yeah. Slow them right down, take them out of their comfort zone. And you yeah. have to be physical. You have to be physical. That's how they beat them. That's how yeah. Cleveland beat them. You've got to, like, Delavidova just beat the shit out of Steph Curry. Yeah, for he seven did. Seven games. He did. He just followed him around everywhere he went. It was a, even though he's nowhere near the player, it's that hustle. It's that mentality that Delavidova has that just pissed Curry off. But yeah, a guy that could be available, and I have, I don't know if they could get him, but Anthony Davis. Yeah, he. He's, I don't know what they would the offer. Outlier. They'd have to start the package with Lonzo Ball. Now, if they're getting Chris Paul, then I think they're okay with giving up Lonzo because if they get LeBron, the timeline changes. It, it's win now. It's not win in five years like it is with Lonzo. It's win now. So I think you'd go Lonzo, Brandon Ingram if they were getting uh Paul George. They don't need Brandon Brandon Ingram anymore. And you know whatever picks they can scrounge together. Yeah, it's just a, I mean it's crazy if it, if it does happen and you and I both think he goes there. We both know he's basically the GM of every team he goes to. Yeah. And I, I, I'm curious to see how that works with Magic, because Magic, two egos like that in a room, a lot of times doesn't work. I agree. Uh, and they, you know, it's funny because they, like, I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a good player, and Kyle Kuzma's playing incredible right now for them. Mm. So it looks like they found something with that. I was talking to Yan about him on Twitter basically the last few days, and he looks good, and you bring a LeBron to that team, you set those guys back. Massively. But yeah, they're also not ideal for LeBron's skill set. They're not. You no, know? Lonzo is definitely. Well, Lonzo and LeBron couldn't be a worse mix. Lonzo yeah. needs the ball and can't, can't shoot all that well. That's he's, why. He's, yeah. he's not Kyrie. He can't, he can't become a shooting guard the way Kyrie and does. That, no, no, he definitely can. That's what scares me about that. For, if you're a Lakers fan, like, I know people, nobody's going to ever turn LeBron down, but my God, do you just, you know, he, the guy's in the twilight of his career. I don't care how good in shape and how much money he spends on his body. He's eventually going to break down. Nobody beats Father Time. I'll so, be honest. I think I think their one through four next year is PG. Or sorry, sorry, is is Chris Paul, mm-hmm. PG, LeBron, Mello, and I think Dwayne Wade comes off the bench. I think they put the banana boat together with Paul George. And I think they just hope they can. And that team can't beat the Warriors, though. No, I don't think it can either. The only chance they have is that they could potentially be elite defensively with LeBron and Paul George and Chris Paul because they're all great, great defenders. Mello sure. obviously isn't. But if Mello is willing to be Olympic Mello, which is what he's going to have to be in Oklahoma, and I'm looking at this Oklahoma season as basically a trial run where Westbrook is LeBron, like mini LeBron, PG is PG, obviously. Um, if, if he can ac- accept that Olympic role in the NBA, 
I think he can be a really productive player. And I really think he wants, like, LeBron and all those guys, I think they want to play together. And LA oh. is the city to do it because it's showtime. Yeah, everybody, that's, it is. Um, all right. So next question comes from Mike Osher at MikeOsher81. And he's asking, how do you feel about Sacramento's young core they are building? And when do you see them starting to make a playoff push? It's difficult. It's really, really difficult because the fact of the matter is they're in a very, very tough conference. Like a very, very tough conference. That's and one I, of the issues, yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think even with, even with the, the the young talent that they have, I don't see this team making the playoffs anytime soon. Because I just think if you look at the teams at the top. They're going to remain at the top. And if you look at the teams that are kind of pushing for that 7th and 8th spot, would you really take this Sacramento core over Minnesota or Denver? No, definitely no. You know? They do and they do have talent. Like De'Aaron Fox, is. I like the draft pick. Yeah. I don't know how he ends up. Um, it's a shame Harry Giles got hurt again. But that's the gamble you take with a guy who's had so many knee surgeries. It's such a shame that, like, we yeah. we could have been looking at a once in a generation talent with him. Yeah, yeah, he was phenomenal. And then, but you know, like when Danny you have, Manning, his his knees yeah. failed him. I like Buddy Heald. Um, Josh Jackson doesn't have to be a superstar, but maybe he can be a decent player. Uh, I don't know what you get in Frank Mason, uh, Skull Lab Labasera. I can't even say his name, but you know the big guy that went to Kentucky. What do you got in him? They're, but then you got guys like Zach Randolph, George Hill. Vince Carter. I mean, they're not good. Yeah, they're just, I, I don't know, like the young talent on the team I like, but it's good. At, it, it's just so hard in the NBA you to know, build a team. You're probably looking at it realistically, unless you hit on somebody. Hmm. Um, you know, it, like, you know how like, like Golden State did. They hit on Steph Curry. And they hit on Clay Thompson. That just yeah. doesn't happen very often. But if they did do that, they could make a push much quicker, obviously. But like you said, out in the West, there's, it's it's a hard it's hard to make the eighth seed out in the West. So it's I'm looking. You're looking at four years, and that's a that's that's if these guys. I mean, those guys I mentioned, Heald, Darren Fox. In your opinion, any of those guys turn into superstars? No. No, I, I think they're in the worst position you can be in in the NBA. You know, everybody said for years that the worst position to be in the NBA is, is either the 6th, 7th, or 8th seed. Yeah. Because you're good enough to make the playoffs, but you're getting knocked out in the first round, and you're not going to get a, a lottery pick. I, I actually think being like the 8th or ninth, sorry, the ninth or 10th seed, and missing the playoffs, and ending up with the 12 through 14 kind of picks. Yeah. I think that's the worst place, and I think that's exactly where Sacramento are going to be for the next couple of years. Unless they can land someone in free agency, I just don't see it. I I, I, I like the talent. I like what they've done. I, I think they've got a roster that does have potential. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I love the coach. I think Dave Yeager's great, but there's just so still... It's still, it's Sacramento. They, they gave Vladdy a contract extension. He's the worst GM in the league. I, I look up and down the roster and I, I see guys like you mentioned, Labissier, um, Justin Jackson, Darian Fox. Like these are guys that are, 
the the fourth or fifth best player on a good team. Yeah. And like the problem they have is they they draft the Arian Fox and that's great. It was the right pick. But their big free agent signing is George Hill, who's a point guard. He's the exact same size, similar type of game. Like, uh, I don't know. And like the marquee piece they got back for Boogie is Buddy Heel. So if you're playing, if you're playing Hill and Fox at the same time, Buddy's sitting on, on the sideline because he's 6'4 and he doesn't have long arms. So you're not going to shift him to the three. So I don't know. I just, I look at it all. I think it's, it's a work in progress. And that's basically all it is. It's a work in progress. Yeah, and there's not much more you can say about it because you just can't speed that up. It's yeah. just impossible because the problem is it's not like the Lakers where they're a destination. Like nobody's yearning to go to Sacramento. They exactly. all want to get out. So exactly. Uh, next question comes from Ali at Giolino. He's asking, is it a good idea by the Cleveland Cavaliers to play Kevin Love at center, or should they trade the Nets pick for a center, or trade that pick for a power forward? He's not really sure. Like, uh, what, what would one of those, any of those, I, I would not play Love at center. Um, I just think Kevin Love is not a true center. Like, he has to be shooting outside. So he kind of defeats the purpose of playing him down low. Uh, he gets injured too often. And I don't know what the value of that Nets pick is at the moment. So what can you get for that? That's, that's exactly the problem. No one knows what that Nets pick is going to be. Um, so while Boston clung on to it like it was gold, it, it, it may not be. Like the Nets, I don't think are going to be all that bad this year. You know? Yeah, neither do I. I don't think so either. There's talent on that team now. There's you know? a lot of talent on that team and then they're well coached and they're well run. Um, I don't know. The answer's definitely not Kevin Love at center though. If I, if no. I was them, I'd, I'd package Kevin Love and, and that pick and try and get back you know, a really, really good player, a top 15 player, if you can. But who's going to be available? If you wait a little bit into the season, maybe Boogie becomes available. Maybe Anthony Davis starts walking out. Maybe maybe Cleveland can go and get him and then turn around to LeBron and go, look what we got you. Yeah, that, look that, at what we got you. You need to stay here. That may change his mind because that's a generational player. You know what exactly. I mean? Like he, He's better than anybody he can bring to the Lakers. Well, Anthony moment. Davis would be the would be the best player LeBron has ever played with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Kyrie was great. Kyrie Dwayne, was great. Dwayne Wade was great, but was that great. wasn't prime Dwayne Wade. That wasn't 06 Dwayne Wade. Exactly. That yeah. was Dwayne Wade after the knee injuries. And yeah. Kevin Love is a good player, but he's 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 just a good player. He's not a great player. He does some things very well, but he's never been a particularly good fit with LeBron, and he's not a particularly good fit with most teams in the NBA these days because of his inability to play defense and switch. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just like, like uh, to reiterate, no way I'd play him at center. He just gets eaten up by teams. So, mm. um, and again, what's available, what's that pick worth? It's just a lot of variables that you can't answer right now. So, uh, next question comes from Joe at JP 23 X. Um, pretty easy question. Do you think that having parity in the NBA is important? Um, I think the obvious answer is yes. Uh, is there a lot of parity in the NBA right now? No. Prob- probably not. No. But if you look back at the history of the NBA, there's not a ton of parity either. No. Um, I, but I think a lot of people forget that just because it's 2017 and it's natural to forget. 
the only sport there's real parity in is baseball. Correct. If we're being honest. It's, it doesn't exist in other sports. Good teams, have, good teams are good. Crap teams are crap. Big markets attract big players and spend more money. You know, yeah. like, you look at the NFL. If, if, if Dallas were crap all of a sudden, Jerry Jones would trade everybody and he would attract players in free agency because they're Dallas. They're the Cowboys. People want yeah. to play for them. Whereas <laughs> if Jacksonville remain crap, and I know they're having an okay season this year, but like nobody wants to go to Jacksonville. No, um, no, no. You know, like nobody it. wants to go to like. And the guys they bought, they overpaid for massively because that's what they had to do. Exactly. So you're not getting market value. Whereas Jerry Jones can get guys in, sure. and we look at it over and over again and go, "How did he get him on that deal?" This other team were offering him much more money. Of course they were. Of course he got them because they're the Cowboys. He's Jerry Jones. He's very, very good at what he does. It's the yeah. same in the NBA. It's the same yeah. in the NBA. Like, put it this way, Joe. If you're an NBA free agent and you have the opportunity to go to the Lakers and you meet Magic and you see all the banners hanging from the arena mm-hmm. and your other option is Minnesota and it's fucking cold. There's Not no, there's no history. Yeah. There's, it, it, there's no, nothing hanging from the banners, from, from the rafters. And you're meeting Tom Thibodeau, who's got as great a coach as he is. He's got all the personality of an office desk. <laughs> he really does. You know, he does, he's just, he's not a personality filled man. No, so he's not. You're going to go to the Lakers. And if, if Danny Ainge calls you, you're going to take his meeting before you go to Minnesota, Utah, Denver, you know, any of these places. No, Parody doesn't exist. It exists in baseball because of how their drafting system works, how their farm oh, system no, works. There's no, and there's no salary cap. Exactly. That's the big part with that. There's, you could pay, you know, the Yankees, and they're not the, like the Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, the Phillies at one point when they were really good had massive payrolls. Mm, way over and, 100 million. Oh yeah, it's not, it's way, 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 way over. Yeah. And you sprinkle that in with homegrown talent. That's how you build a team. You just can't build a team through free agency. Exactly. But, Plus, you, you know, can stockpile assets because there's no limit on how many players you correct. can have yeah. on your books. You can have 50 because of the best systems. young prospects in your farm system. Yep. And unless you want to get rid of them via trade, there's no pressure in getting rid of them. And if, you're, if your starting team happens to be so good that you don't need all your top prospects, well, then you just turn around, you package them, and you go and get yourself a superstar. And that's how baseball works. So there's parity in baseball, and we'll see the smaller teams like Kansas City and these get to and win World Series titles. We're not going to see the Sacramento Kings winning the NBA title. You know, we're not going to see the Charlotte Hornets winning the NBA title because probably not going to happen. They just don't. They can't. And even even the Charlotte Hornets have Michael Jordan, the greatest player ever, and they can't attract free agents. Yeah, no, that's know. true. That's true. No, exactly. You exactly so said. Parody would be nice, but it does not exist. Yeah, it's it's just it's not it's not reasonable. It's just not. So, um, next question comes from Kev Haggerty at Kev Haggerty, my uh, USA friend and USA Pod friend, um, and has a new baby. So congratulations, Ken. Congrats, or, Kev. I just called him Ken, so that's how tired I am. I think Sorry. Ken is his new name. Yes, you are now Ken, Ken, Ken Haggerty. Haggerty. Yeah. 
<laughs> Shows you how tired I am, Kev. I apologize. This actually is just directed towards you, Mr. Hendrick. He asked, does Dave think that his T-Wolves are the most hipster team in the NBA? We had a US an Anfield Index USA pod where we basically every Premier League team we came up with uh, any U.S. sports franchise. So he's asking you, does Dave think that his T-Wolves are the most hipster team in the NBA? Yeah. Yeah, I think we are. I think I think Utah were, but yes. losing Hayward takes that away from them. And I think it's I think it's the Wolves now. Um, two of the best young players in the league, arguably two of the top fifteen players in the league in Towns and Butler, um, an elite coach, and a pretty pretty solid supporting cast. So yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think we're the I think we're going to be a a team that a lot of people you know. It, the only problem is we're not going to be a particularly attractive team to watch because it's Tibbs ball. So yes. it's, it's defense first. It's, it's, it's grit and grind. That's um, right. But so that was, so. from th- that respect, no, I think we're more likely to be like, you know, that Italian team that sort of bores everybody to death and then ends up in like a European cup final rather than a Napoli that just blow the doors off everybody. And um, the way Golden State were the hipster team a couple of years ago, um, I think we're kind of the the anti. Uh, I can't think anti- antithesis. <laughs> yes, I, I'm not going to correct you, but yes, There's I know. The word. Um, yes. I think that's what we'll be. I, I don't. I, I think in a way we'll be a hipster team, but in a way we're like the anti-hipster team because yeah. we're not going to be particularly fun. Uh, well, for me it'll be fun because I'll be watching my team win, which is rare. Um, but uh, I think for a lot of people, I think Tibbs Ball might just get to turn off until playoff time. So there you are, Ken. That is your answer to your question. Um, Any, anytime, Ken. <laughs> Next question comes from Justin. Um, rolls on Shabos. Um, a lot of people don't know what the fuck that means. And I will not tell you. But um, his question is, who is the worst backcourt in the NBA? He says the Clippers, the Clippers, or the Clippers. So he feels that the Clippers are the worst backcourt in the NBA. I'm going to have to say his New York Knicks have the worst backcourt in the NBA. Yeah, I'm a little... Um, kinda, that's, maybe maybe he means other than the Knicks because it's just expected to be the Knicks. I, um, I didn't ask him that. Um, I mean, there are some other teams like, you know, the Bulls, but the Bulls have some talent. They have... Chris Dunn they, and Zach Levine is going to be a whole lot of mess. Yeah, it, because but, Chris Dunn can't play offense and Zach Levine can't play defense. Play defense, but it might be okay to watch. Yeah. Where, what do you have with the Knicks? Like honestly, you have Tim Hardaway Jr. and you have a very overpaid Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, a ridiculously overpaid Tim Hardaway Jr. and Ramon Sessions. Like that's your. Back. I think. Yeah, I think they're. Or, or are we going with like El- Alfred Payton and El- Evan Fournier, who are garbage? See, I kind of, I don't think they're garbage. I just don't think they're starting quality. I think they've got places in the NBA. I think, I think Payton as a backup point guard would be absolutely fantastic. Um, I think, as, and as a closer, like to shut down games when you're up by ten and you just want to run the clock out and, you know, play defense. Um, I, I like Fournier. I just don't think, again, I don't think he's a starter. I think he'd be a fantastic sixth or seventh man off the bench. Um, I think he can score in, in streaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's them. And I, it can't be the Clippers because for me, I love Patrick Beverly. 
Now, I I don't like Austin Rivers, but I Austin can't Rivers put garbage. Yeah, I can't stand Austin. I, he's just I, he, he wants to, He doesn't you know, have a place in the league. He's only in the league because of his dad. Because of his dad, and he, I mean he's I don't know, but I still can't put them up top because Patrick Beverly can ball. I, yeah. I just. And, you know, look, like, it, legitimately, who, who was worse than that New York Knicks backwards? There's, there like, isn't. It, it could be the team we who, just mentioned. It could be Sacramento because we don't know what the Aaron Fox is going to be like when the lights are on and, you know, pressure's on. And Buddy Heel could, it could be anything. Yeah, but we, they still have George Hill though. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, that's true. George Hill it's, makes it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like as bad as. Yeah, you're right about De'Aaron Fox. We have no idea what he's going to be. See, Buddy came on and played very well in, yeah. in the last like three, two, two, three months of the season. But George Hill is better than I'm sorry, he's better at the moment. Yeah, he's, Ramon Sessions sucks. Yeah, Ramon Sessions is terrible. And um, it's definitely not the Clippers because they've got Pat Beverly and they've got um, Theodosic. Theodosic. Yeah, who Justin would to call him a. Um, Justin called him a uh, Serbian Prigioni. So no, 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 no. He's, he's a freaky player. I know. Um, I just thought it was funny because it was Justin, but I I don't agree with him. But I thought it was funny because that's a good comparison. Like if you don't like a guy, but I I don't know how you. I just I don't know how you say anything. But the but the Knicks here, they're just it is the Knicks. I'm they're looking, all? I'm looking at the league right now. I'm looking at each team. It's the Knicks. Unless it's the Hawks, it could be the Hawks. Yeah, but even they have Schroeder, Sh- who's a I don't good like him. I, I don't. You like may him. N- you may not like him, but he can play. Yeah, in spurts for like five minutes every two weeks. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not having him running my team. I'm putting. He, he's he, again. He's a bench player, and who plays next to him? Nobody. You know, someone else they overpaid. Probably Kent Bazemore. Um, it is. Or who yeah, is better? Know. Again, still. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. They're overpaid. But they're better than the Knicks squad, so. The Knicks again. don't have this, this rookie. Yeah, who we don't know, in fairness. Who we don't know. So, you know, a lot of people get hyped with the Aryan Fox. This, this rookie's meant, like, loads of teams were interested in him. They were. Um, who is the backcourt in Dallas this year? Well, you got Dennis Smith, who I think is going to be really Dennis good. Dennis Smith's going to be really good. And, and they've got Wesley Matthews, so it's not them. Uh, it's, and they got it's, too, so who can actually play a little bit. It's the Knicks. Yeah. Okay, so last Twitter question is from Neutral Spin at Neutral Spin, uh, also another Justin, um, and he's asking, "What are your top five things to watch for this short preseason?" One of my big ones was to see Joel Embiid play, um, and it certainly looks like he was just getting the contract out of the way, and then he just shit all over the Nets last night with 22 points and a half, and he's unguardable. So I wanted to see him play. Um, I wanted to see how Minnesota gels. I want to see how Boston gels. And I couldn't really think of two other things. I wanted to see the rookies play, but I don't put that as a thing because I always want to see how the rookies play. Um, I'm really interested to see how Dennis Smith plays because he legitimately looks like he's taken over games. Um, but we'll see. What about you? Yeah, for me, I was kind of looking at individual players. Um to see, you know, because players that either had been drafted or been traded, so like, or, or were in a new kind of situation. So Boston was one, obviously, because I wanted to see how Kyrie was gonna was gonna fit, and it it looks like it's gonna fit pretty well. Um, Dennis Smith was another because he just looks like he's the next Dame Lillard with 
big old balls and just going to run Texas. Yeah. Um, the Wiggins was one because I was curious to see how he'd adapt how, or how he's going to adapt with Butler next to him. Um, because obviously now he's no longer the, the lead wing, if you want. Yeah. And he's got a new point guard now as well. Uh, he's been so used to Rubio. Now he's got Jeff Teague, who's not, not nearly as good and isn't no, nearly no, as creative. So he's going to have to create a lot more for himself. Um, Embiid was one and I want to see h- how this all fits together in Philly. And I, you know, it, it might be. April before we see how it really is all going to fit together in, in Philly, because you'd have to imagine there's going to be. It's going some, to take. It's going to take time. There's yeah, crime. there's going to be some some minute restrictions on a couple of guys and. Yeah, and Markel Fultz has to get bigger. He's a ninth, and I know a lot of these kids are nineteen and coming in, but there's a difference in having a nineteen year old NBA body and Just not like having. Just, yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he's, Jason, he's a kid in a kid's body. Whereas, yeah, like right. you, might, I think you were going to say Jason Kidd. Well, no, Jason Tatum. Jason oh, Jason Tatum, Tatum has a man's body. That's exactly you know, right. And I, he, you know, you know, he's going to come in, and he might not have the minutes to play well, but he has the body to play well. You look yeah. at him. You look at and you look at Markel Fultz, and you're going, "What the? F- how could they be the same age?" But yeah, I mean, that's I, I agree with you there. It's just it's just one of those things, and you have to. Well, we're we're going to go to our Eastern Conference preview next, so. Mm. And the other thing for me was just to see if, if, if players were, were, what kind of level they were playing at, whether they were avoiding injury and stuff. And we've seen a couple of injuries picked up. And, um, unfortunately, one of them is LeBron James. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him now. Yeah. Uh, so the brain, right? Yeah. So whether or not he's going to play, um, in the season opener will be interesting because if he doesn't, Cleveland are getting smoked. Oh, yes. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to our Eastern Conference preview. And Dave and I, if we had our druthers, probably we would have done this by conference or by divisions. Um, but that just takes up too much time. So we're going to do the conference. There's 15 teams in each conference. And like I said, we're going to do the Eastern Conference first. And I'll just do it the way that I want to do it. If you want to chime in. No, you uh, far ahead. And add, add away, you can. So what I'm basically going to do is I'm going to start from the bottom and then go up. And I think the worst team in the East is going to be the Knicks. Um, <laughs> not really a shocker. Uh, they just there's not a lot there. Um, no. Not a lot of talent. My 14th team, Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Um, again, just not a. They they shed a lot of talent. There's teams that are tanking now, and I know they they tweak the rules, but. You still got to tank to get better. It's just the way the league is. So I'm going to go them 14, 13. Um, man, uh, Detroit. Uh, I, I've got no. I've got Indiana in that, okay. in that spot. You um, have them. I, I was I, purely on the basis of I think Stan Van Gundy is a good coach. Yeah, and I think there are moments when Andre Drummond realizes that he is bigger and more naturally gifted than anyone else on the court. Yeah, I agree. And just takes over the game. And if he can do that enough this season, like they're not going to make the playoffs. And at best, they're probably the 11th team or maybe okay. the 10th team in the East. But I have them a bit higher than, than, than 13. Okay. Like I thought about Charlotte there. Um, I thought if everything goes terrible at Brooklyn, putting them there, but I just think their talent's better than the, the 13th team. Um, number 12, uh, hmm, Chicago. Yeah. I just, Dwayne Wade obviously is gone. He's with Cleveland now. Um, 
You just don't know what you're going to get. There's too many unknowns. They're There's tanking as well. If we're yeah, being they, honest, they're tanking. They, they don't want to win. Oh, they, they, no they question. Next year. Yeah, and they may even be 14th or 15th. They could easily drop that far just because they don't have a lot of talent. Um, number 11, uh, this is where it gets get a little harder. Um, Orlando maybe, but again, I think they could go lower. They they just don't have a lot of talent either. Mm-hmm. Maybe I maybe I bump up. I would bump up Charlotte over Orlando, number ten. Um, maybe that's where I put. Oh, man, um, maybe that's where I put Detroit. Are they? Ta- they got talent too, though. So I'll just stick them there. Um, number nine. So this is where you're outside in. Your top eight seeds make the mm-hmm. playoffs. So who do I think is on the precipice but just not going to make it? Uh, shit. Um, Indiana? I know you have the much lower, mm. but you're right. They don't have a lot of really good players. No, again, they're a team with a couple of guys who could be your fourth or fifth best player. Yeah. But nobody above that. I mean, and that's tough. That's why would, I was. Oh, to... Brook, would Brooklyn be there? Brooklyn would be there, wouldn't they? Or have you named? The yeah. No, there? you're right. I had Brooklyn lower, but they're probably in my, yeah, you know what? They're probably right outside. So I'll stick them in nine. So, so you're six then to, to not make the playoffs, if I can. The Knicks. Yes. The Hornets. Yes. The Hawks. Yes. The Pistons. Correct. The Bulls. Correct. And the Nets. And, yeah, but I think I want to flip flop that with Indiana, like how you had it. Yeah. So and I'll make. Oh, you know, it's so hard. Can I mean? I think the, Charlotte will make the playoffs. Okay. Um, I, and I could see them making the playoffs. So maybe I flip flop because I don't. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets are going to make the playoffs. No, so no, neither maybe, do I. And I take them out. Maybe I. So you're putting. So maybe I put Charlotte as eight. Yeah. So I've got the Pacers, the Nets, the Pistons, the Hawks, the Bulls, and the Knicks. They're my six to not make the playoffs. Or my seven oh. rather to not make the playoffs. Okay. And it's. Um, it's no, it's not. I can't really disagree much with that. It's like one or two teams where we're, mm. and it's not missing by much, if at all. No, and there's a couple of teams there. Look, Detroit have the talent to make the playoffs. They made the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, if, if things fall right for the Pacers, maybe they could manage something. Um, I, I don't know. Like it, it's, there's a lot of bad teams, a lot of bad teams in, in the East. Um, yeah, there is. I mean, it's Orlando. Like, I don't think Orlando. Well, that's what. Yeah, I saw. Orlando. I'm struggling to actually name eight playoff teams. Well, that's is... what. So maybe, maybe let's. I'll go from the top again. So name I me have... your name me your certainties. Who are your certain playoff teams? Boston. Yeah. C- Cleveland. Sixers. Miami. Toronto. Washington. That's six. That's six. And. Again, this Charlotte, Milwaukee. And, and, I'm sorry, yeah, I was just gonna say I'm sorry, Milwaukee. I completely forgot right. their def playoff team. So you've got seven definitely in, and then, and I, then eight and I, competing basically for one spot. Yeah, basically, I mean, yeah. the eighth seed in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, I mean, could be like three or four teams because it's basically like who wants to suck the least. It could be someone with 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 35 wins. It really could. That's how yeah. bad a lot of these teams are. Orlando are probably, of the ones you haven't mentioned, Orlando and Charlotte might be the two that could just, because Orlando were well coached. 
Okay. Um, they don't have a lot of talent, as as you said. They they just don't. Unfortunately, they've they've been so unlucky with the draft in that they've just always landed one spot behind where the good players stop. Like if there's four <laughs> good players, they'll get the fifth pick. Um, I I have six teams that I think are certs. Okay. Uh, Boston, Washington, Miami, Toronto, Cleveland, and Milwaukee. I don't think the Sixers are certs because I don't think so either. I don't know how, how I don't know how it's going to work, and I don't know how how healthy these guys are going to be. And there's my only concern: if 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 Embiid plays sixty five games, if Simmons plays similar, and if Fultz plays similar and, and bulks out a little bit, then for sure they'll make the playoffs. Because again, they they're really yeah. well coached. They've got the likes of Dario Saric. Yeah, they have Carlton, JJ Redick, obviously you got a great, great pickup in free agency. So the talent is there. No question. It's a playoff roster. It's just about health. That's all. It's just yeah, about health. For, for me, the Sixers could slide anywhere from four to, from four seed to out of the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And that, and that, that's just the way. I mean, I actually have Boston number one. Yeah. I have Cleveland two. Um, number three, Mil- Milwaukee. Yeah. I probably. think so as well. Probably. I think so I mean, they, as well. They, they do have a good team. Number four. Again, this is where it gets tricky. I, I still like Toronto. Toronto can still ball, but I like Washington at four. I have I've got Washington four, Toronto five. That's what I have too. And Miami at six. Miami at six. Um, seven. I, I think seven will be Philly. Uh, they're either seven or eight for me. And, and I think the other one will Charlotte? be the Hornets. Yeah, I think yeah. it'll be the Hornets because. Clifford's a great coach. They've got, they do have talent and they have a guy in Kemba Walker who can take over games and, and score. Yeah, he's fun. a legitimately good player. He is. Um, they can play great defense. They've got, they've got Dwight and Christ knows what's gonna. You never know what you get with that fucking disaster. You know, I, I'm hoping that it's the first year there. He knows it's probably his last chance to avoid the scrap heap. Because his hometown team just gave up on him. Like, yeah, basically. If anything is going to spark him to turn his head around and get his head out, well, get his head out of his arse and turn his career around, it has to be the fact that the Hawks binned him after a year and got nothing in return. Like, they got a Plumley. Nobody wants a Plumley. They got a Plumley. They got the bad Plumley as well. Not even one of the good. There's two decent <laughs> Plumleys and one bad Plumley. They got the bad Plumley. Um, <laughs> I think this roster has talent. I think if they can stay healthy, the, the Hornets can can definitely be a playoff team. I think they've got playoff caliber players. They do. Um, so yeah, I suppose the 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 Sixers and the Hornets will be seven and eight in either way. I think the top six are pretty much locked in. Miami, you never know. With like, they they looked incredible the second half of last season, but they the, did the first they half were... of last season. They were one of the worst teams in the league. So. It, they've got a great coach. They're obviously they have Pat Riley, and I lo- I love Dragic. I like Winslow. I, I think there's there's talent there. It's just a matter of which Miami turns up. The the yeah. the, the top five are, are are what's locked, and after that there's agreed. There's three teams that should make the playoffs. That's Miami, Philly, and Charlotte, and the rest is really really a load of crap. Like it, they're bad teams. I mean, legit bad teams. Not even NBA teams. No. They're not, and then, no, and like said, not. we we know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get higher draft picks, and they seen what the Sixers did, and 
if you can do that in Philadelphia, you can basically do it anywhere because it's not – you know how Philadelphia fans can be. We get a bad rap sometimes, but we certainly won't put up with that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they – the ownership took it on the chin. Nobody showed up for the games, but the team's better off for it. So Yeah, for sure. For sure, you know, 100%. Like, and it is tough because – I've said it to you before, the Philadelphia 76ers are one of the marquee franchises in the NBA, in one of the biggest sports markets in the world, in front of one of the most passionate, die-hard, take-no-BS fan bases in the world. A city that has been through a ton and doesn't put up with, with crap. They just don't accept it, nor should they. So they walked away from the team. Because better to do that than turn up and boo, I suppose, and waste your money and waste your time and your energy. Yeah, it gets old after a while. It becomes apathy. And you've already got the Eagles and the the Phillies to boo, so there's no need to boo three teams. Hey. Uh, Listen. Hey. The Flyers are good. Watch it there, fella. But the the, the Eagles had a few poor years, and and, and the Eagles have turned it around. Yeah, we'll see. I, I the mean, Eagles they, they turned around. You've got, I'll you've for the got Eagles. Wenzel, the, the, the state of Pennsylvania. Yes, um, he is. A, I do like him. I like him. I think he's a good player. He um, is a very. But you know, look, as you know yourself, Joe, sport works in cycles. It does. You have, you have five good years, five bad years, ten good years, ten bad years, whatever it is, and and no city knows that better than Philly, where you had the Doctor J team that were great, then you had. It dropped off, but Barkley was still carrying them, and then it went to shit, and then Iverson arrives, and it's great, and then it goes to shit, and then it gets okay yep. with Iguodala, and then it goes to shit, and then they bought him out. And now they have what looks like a core that's going to bring them, you know, at, at the very least back to, you relevance. know, to contention and relevance, exactly. And yeah. it's great for, it's great for the NBA. But, I mean, not every team can do it like Philly, because the thing for Philly is, they have all these young players now. Mm-hmm. And next summer, they're going to have a ton of cap room. And Philly, I believe, will be a destination for players. Because who's not going to play with Embiid, Fultz, and Simmons? Three of the best young talents to enter the league in the last 10 years. You've got a good coach that everybody in the league likes, and Brett Brown. You're, what, an hour from New York? Three hours. Three hours from New York. But still, really nothing. You can fly to New York in, what, about an hour? Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. people don't. They either drive or most people really take Listen, the train. If you're earning baller money. You, you don't do the either. That's not, exactly you're not right. Sitting on no peasant wagon. You with, are not with, with the common folk. So if oh, if it's nightlife you want and Philly's not your taste, New York is is just just up the road. Pennsylvania's a beautiful a beautiful place. So it is family. Yeah. You can go out in the countryside and build yourself a fucking a country manor. It's Philadelphia true. has a lot to offer and. I I think they're going to be a destination. Whereas, if you know, we we know Chicago's bottoming out, and again, Chicago will be a destination, but not until they they change the the captains of the ship. Correct. Um, Atlanta's never a destination. It never has been a destination for some reason. Even though all players love going there uh, to play, it's just not a destination for free agents. Now maybe Grant Hill being involved changes that. He can maybe he can have some sway. But like other teams have tried to bottom out and, and rebuild the way you guys have, and it just hasn't worked because they they're just not just not a draw. Um, but there's a lot of teams now in this in this Eastern Conference that are 
somewhere between full on tanking, like the Knicks, the Hawks, and the Bulls, mm-hmm. and this pretense of pretending everything's okay, like the Pacers, you know, and the Magic. Yeah, yeah sort they're, of. They're the... going to suck. They're going to be in the lottery, but they're, 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 they're in that position I mentioned Sacramento being in. They're not good enough to make the playoffs, even in the East, and they're not good enough to get a low draft pick. Yep. Or like, you know, a top five, a high draft pick, or a top five draft pick. So, it's an awkward situation for some of these teams. The team I'm most impressed with, I'm going to be honest, is, is the Nets, because if you look the, that, at the Nets three man. years ago, man, yeah. that was, that was a barren situation. No picks, no prospects, no good players, big contracts for a load of average players and, Credit where it's due. Sean Marks and isn't it Kenny Atkinson? I think the guy's name is the coach. Like they have turned that thing around. And whatever your thoughts on D'Angelo Russell, the kid can play. And they've got some other players they picked up um, in, in the draft: Levert and, and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And mm-hmm. there's some talent there. And they've been brave. They've gone out and taken players that haven't worked elsewhere. Uh, because to absorb into their cap space, and they've got a pick, you know, like Demary Carroll and stuff. So they've got talent, they've got leaders. They're not going to make the playoffs unless you know one of the the two teams we mentioned, the the Hornets or the Sixers, crap the bed. Yeah. Um. But but they won't be an embarrassment, which is what they've been for the last few years. But they won't be that anymore. Yeah, um, it's it, it's hard to make that U turn head in the right direction. Yeah. If for an NBA franchise and. Again, like you said, they're a laughing stock, but they have changed that. And again, it takes time, but that's a massive step they took. Like Let I, me that the end Russell move is a great move in my opinion. Brilliant. I think it's brilliant. I think the Lakers are very silly to give up on him. Yeah. But I think I it's brilliant. Alfonso, but Yeah, and you you're not gonna play the two of them together because neither of them are particularly athletic no. or want to play defense. But let Zero. me tr- let me throw this out at you right now. If the Lakers are smart they do not go for LeBron James. They go for Paul George and some younger free agents and try and work some trades and develop the, the, the talent that they have there in Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. And if LA is not a potential destination for LeBron, Brooklyn has everything he wants. Yeah. Big Big, 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 big city. Biggest market in the world. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z's a part owner, who he's friends with. They will give him the keys to the kingdom, because Sean Marks is clever. Sean Sorry. Marks doesn't have an ego. And Sean Marks knows if LeBron comes, it's probably three years. They're going to win. They might win a ring, but they're going to win games. They might win the Eastern Conference. And when LeBron goes... And it gives him credibility. Exactly. And Sean Marks is still the guy in charge. Because he's not getting fired. Unless he falls out with LeBron, he's not getting fired while LeBron is there. Because the team will be too good to fire him. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see it. I, it's just and a, that's a team who are, will not be afraid to spend money. Because remember who the main owner is. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it's it's just, to me, I just think LeBron is looking at... He's definitely looking at after career. And after career for him screams LA. Um, the Brooklyn shots not a, shouts not a bad shout. It's obviously New York City. Mm. Uh, celebrity USA, all that 
and LA. That's how the cities are. Um, and if he wants to team up with his boys again, if he wants to bring the banana boat together, they well, could easily there. Mello wants to live in New York. He doesn't want to be anywhere else. His wife wants to be there for sure. Um, Dwayne Wade is from Chicago. It's closer to New York. Is closer to Chicago. Gabby and Union lives on the East Coast as well. She does. Uh, Chris Paul, I believe, went to college and is from the state of North Carolina. Went to college at Wake, Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. So he's from the East Coast as well. LeBron is from Cleveland. His mother still lives in Cleveland, so yeah. it's closer to there as well. Yeah, not far at all. So it could make sense. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Obviously, L.A. is option number one if he leaves Cleveland. Sure. But as a backup plan, Brooklyn could be an outside shed because, remember, they're going to have a whole ton of cap space as well. And they've got some young assets that if they do get the banana boat together... They could turn around and trade them for another nice piece to fit. Maybe that fifth starter. Maybe that center that they, they would need. Um, so not, not to be ruled out. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a good outside the big, outside the box thinking on your part. Um, and, and if you think about it in reality, how many other teams is he actually really going to look at and go to? Exactly. It's, it's only the big markets. That's it. So that rules. Three quarters of the, the, more than three quarters of yeah. the teams. Like, it, even the Clippers, he's not going to the Clippers. I don't care if they're the Clippers. Play. He's not going to Boston. No, he would never he's go to Boston. He's not going to the Knicks. No, no, God, they have no chance, and he hates James Dolan, so it's yeah, not going to I don't imagine he's going back to, uh, to Miami. No. Um, it's I don't, possible, but I don't think so. He won't go to Detroit, and he won't go to Philly. And Miami, yeah, I would love for him to go to Philly, but not now. Not a, a few years ago, it would have made sense, but now it makes zero sense because he so, would stop growth. I mean, Dallas could be an option because Mark Cuban won't but be afraid to spend money. He wouldn't, but they have they have contracts tied up in the stupid players. They do, but at the same time, they've got a good GM, and they won't be afraid to dump picks, to, to, to dump the talent and dump picks the way Cleveland did and the way Miami did. Yeah, clear everybody yeah. out if they can get these boys together. So, very Dal- true. Dallas could be an option, but I I don't see LeBron wanting to go to Texas. I I I don't know why. I just I just don't see it. Maybe you know, maybe I mean he is, he's a he cowboy. Wants, if he wants, yeah, well, he is a cowboy fan. If he wants to be a businessman, who better to go and speak to than Mark Cuban? Yeah. Um. So Dallas, maybe he won't go to Houston unless well, he they, he he won't go to Houston because they won't be able to afford him. Yeah, it um, makes sense. So it's it's L.A. Or New York. Or, or and, Brooklyn. And, and Brooklyn's the more appealing than the, he's, unfortunately, yeah, he's Manhattan. Not, he's not going to the Knicks. There's, there's no. just, unless Dolan sells up, there's no chance. Because, like you said, they, they don't like He doesn't like him. I think Dolan said a few things in the past as well. Yeah, um, he's and you know Carmelo hates him when they, those guys are yeah. buddies. Exactly. So, so that's not happening. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the Lakers or it's Brooklyn or maybe an out, outside shot at Dallas. It, I'd love to see him go to San Antonio, but he's not going to go to San Antonio. I just think LeBron under Pop would be just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I do too. Um, and I, LeBron he would, played, he was 50 under Pop, you know? Yeah. And you know, he respect him, which is yeah. a big thing with LeBron. He just, you know, he automatically carries that tag. LeBron carries LeBron. You know, it's yeah. the ego, it's the entourage, it's the people. So, 
All right, so we were talking about the Sixers earlier, and Joel Embiid just recently, a few days ago, signed a five-year, $148 million contract extension. So I'm going to go first on this. Um, they had to do it. Uh, some people said they could have waited after. If he has a great year, somebody could pay him more than that, and the Sixers could match it. And I understand that. That, that makes total sense. Let him play the health thing. Now, there was – the Sixers did cover themselves pretty well in this contract. Now, you can't cover yourself perfect. No agent in their right mind is going to let you do that. But if he misses 25 or more regular season games or plays fewer than 1,650 minutes due to feet or back injuries, which has been his – why he's been hurt basically all the time. He did hurt the meniscus last year. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk that he was could have played and came back, but it was the contract. They wanted to get that done. And why rush it when you're tanking, right, Dave? doesn't make sense. So – I have no issue with it. Joel Embiid is on, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Sixers fan. Joel Embiid healthy is unstoppable. He's a gener, once in a generation player. I know he played 31 games last year and people laugh at that and they scoff at that and they go, yeah, whatever. He played 31 games, but he just dominates people. He dominated last night. You can't cover him. You had to give him the contract. And if he gets hurt, it's a shame, but. That's part of the game. Now, we I hope he doesn't end up like Greg Oden or a Brandon, a Brandon Roy situation in Portland, but neither of those players had the kind of talent that Joel Embiid has. The, both of them combined doesn't. So with me saying all that, let me hear your side to it. Well, I disagree on Greg Oden. I think I think Greg Oden was, was incredibly talented. Um, different type of center, but... Um, I Look... If it's what they were demanding, the agent and Embiid himself, then you don't really have... And it seems that way. Because if if you stiff him now, chances are his agent gets in his ear and says, look, play next year, then you become a restricted free agent. Don't sign anywhere. Don't sign with them. Don't sign with anyone else. Play your qualifying offer, and then you're out of there. Because someone will take a risk on you. That's exactly right. And remember, we're very young. Exactly, and I do like that they've protected themselves. I think Somewhat. That's, that's important. Somewhat, not not to the extent that maybe they could have, but like you say, I mean, any any decent agent. Uh, yeah, and he's got a decent agent. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know. Um, look, if he's healthy, it's great. If if he's not, then it doesn't matter contract or not. You're back. You're set yeah. back five steps. Massively, um, regardless, yep. and the money and the money is not the reason. Uh, oh no, right. you can't argue that because, like it's you said, fun. you're losing a once in a generation talent. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not the it's not the money. It's it's no. the, what you just said. It's the NBA that's the guy. Billionaires, yeah. they can more yeah. than afford to pay him that contract, and that contract's going to be insured. So if he does sure. get injured, that's not coming out of the, the, the Sixers' pockets. It's coming out of of the of the no, insurance company's pockets, and. And if he if he's injured and yeah. he's out for an entire twelve month period and doesn't play, they can waive him, so they won't be on the hook. That's correct. Um, now we don't want that to happen. No, of course. Not. Ju- and, and even as a rival fan, I don't want that to happen because, like I've said it a bunch of times, I've said it already on this podcast. I want the Sixers to be good because it's important sure. for the NBA for them to be good because the Knicks are never going to get their shit together. Boston are now good. Your you guys are getting good, and the Lakers are. Heading in the right direction. They really are. They're they're well behind you guys on that on that on that chart. Oh but, yeah. Oh well, yeah. No question. But those four teams are the flagship franchises, and 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 I suppose you, you throw in the Bulls as well. 
and um, the and the Spurs just because of recent. Yes, but, o- but only not- recently. But it, historically, no. You know, if you, if you, I even suppose the Bulls historically no because before Jordan, they were just a team in Chicago. Do you know? Basically, um, yeah. They were Reggie Theus and a bunch of guys. Perennial losers. The yeah. So it's the four teams because it's. It just is. It's just the four teams. It's, it's the team in the biggest city, which is the Knicks. It's the two historically dominant teams, which are the Lakers and the Celtics. And it's the team that, if it were not for the presence of those two historically teams, would probably have 12 or 14 uh, rings of their own in, in the 76ers, because you guys are just really unfortunate. When you guys have great teams, one of them always ends up having a great team, or both, as was the case in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you guys do well. And I want to see him do well because he just has so much ability. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy how much talent the guy has. I don't know what he's going to be. We, we no one knows how good he could be because what have we seen? Fourteen games in college or twenty games in college yeah. plus thirty-one in the league so far. And that's that's in what four years we've seen those games. So. Yeah, he's been hurt. I mean, he's that that ankle, that's that navicular bone, and mm. uh, and I I know it very well. But the difference between me and Joel Embiid is he's like you know uh, twelve inches taller and a hundred pounds more. You know, he's a he's a high tuned athlete playing a a highly tuned athlete playing a sport where you have to run and jump all the time. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's funny though when you watch him, like we say it all the time about Carl Anthony Towns and guys like that. It's like the new age centers like these. You watch Joel Embiid shoot three pointers, and it's like watching me and you shoot a jump, like a, a free yeah. throw. It, yeah. it, it's effortless. no effort. Yeah, it's it's effortless, and his form is impeccable. That's why it's just like, of course, I'm a Sixers fan, but like you said, David, you don't want to see the league robbed of a talent like that. No, you just no, don't. It's, it's happened too often. It has. It happened with Grant Hill. Oh, it happened yeah. to a large extent with Tracy McGrady because of the yeah, back yeah, problems. He could have been one of the greatest scorers ever. I mean, he won two scoring championships. Um, Greg Oden, you mentioned. Vince um, Carter. Vince Carter. Carter. We look back at Len Bias. We lost out. We lost out in him. Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon know, Roy was a great Brandon player. Brandon Roy was a great player. Re- Reggie Lewis with the Celtics, who passed away, unfortunately, he was a great player. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's Razan t- Petrovic. You know, we lost out on all these great talents. We almost lost out on Tim Duncan because of his knee. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So we don't want to see that. We want to look. It's just at good. the end of the day, we're we're all basketball fans first. Yes. And our team is just the team that we support, but we're basketball fans first. That the sport is first. The league is first. And you want the league to be good, like. It's been the, the the wolves have been garbage for years, but I still love watching the NBA and I'll watch any game that's on. Mm-hmm. And I want to see good players. I don't want to turn on and watch crap. Like I, I'm, you won't find me watching the Hawks against the Knicks on a Tuesday night this year. No. But on the same night, I could perhaps watch the Celtics against the Raptors. Sure. You know. You, you want to see good players, and, and the more good players, the more good teams. The more good teams, the stronger the league. The stronger the league, the more fun it is to watch. And at the moment, the league isn't as strong as it has been. We're going to see probably the same finals again for the fourth year in a row. Um, yeah, I, I, 
I think Boston gets there. I, it is, I just it is very possible. It is definitely I, very possible. Something's um, telling me every every time I think I say to myself it's LeBron. He's basically going to be there every year. But this is the one year where I'm going. I don't know how. I want to see a finals without LeBron. It's nothing against him. I just, I'm sick of watching him in the finals. I'm sick. Yeah. I mean, I understand it. And he's always had the easy path. He's the, he's been the most blessed player in the history of the NBA. His, his prime coincided with the league being really poor. Um, especially the East. I should say the East being really poor. The East has been poor for what now? 10 Uh, years? A long time. Yeah. Since, 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 actually, no, probably, probably seven years. I think since about 2010, maybe 2011. When, when did Derek Rose tear his knee up? About 2011? Uh, that was, that was true. Oh, man, I think it was before that. Wasn't that 08? You, you had that team. They were great. The, the Cavs were great. Then he went to Miami. They were really good. You had a really good Orlando team. You had a great Boston team. The East was really good back then. Um, there hasn't been a team of that caliber bar. You know, LeBron team since. So, I, I just want to see different finals. I would love it to be Boston. I would absolutely love it to be Boston. Um, but you I, don't see that. You see Cleveland. I just think it's LeBron and Boston are relying on, going to be relying on Kyrie. And my worry with Kyrie is always the hip, the knee, the ankle, the fact he thinks the world is flat. <laughs> you know, like it's there's variables there. Now I think they're brilliantly coached, and they still have the assets to go out and get another star to bring in. Um, I think Hayward's going to be really good there. I think Tatum will be good. I think Brown takes a step. I think Smart takes a step. But I just think still maybe one year short of them ascending to the NBA Finals. They're, they're going to get there this year or next year. I just think it's going to be next year. Okay. Um. Alright, so now Justin and I two weeks ago did top our top ten point guards. And yep. you and I tonight are gonna to do our top ten shooting guards. Yeah. Would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. Alright. The first one is easy, it's dead easy. I don't know how you could pick anybody else but James Harden. Yeah. Um I know he played point guard last year. He's not a point guard, he's a shooting guard, and he's certainly not gonna be point guard this year. Um with Chris Paul there. So he's my number one. Clay Thompson's my number two. Uh, I, I love Clay Thompson because he plays defense. Obviously his offensive game already, but he knows about, but he does play defense. I just, I just really like him. Uh, three, I went with Bradley Beal, but I thought about DeMar DeRozan as well. Um, I don't think DeMar DeRozan gets enough credit for his game because he plays in Toronto. Uh, so him and Bradley Beal are my three and four. You could, Switch it either way you want to. Um, Andrew Wiggins is my five with the potential to be, in my opinion, in the third, possibly two. Mm. If he starts playing defense and improves his efficiency on offense. Um, another guy who just signed a monster deal and deserves it. And the, the Timberwolves, of very, course. Very, very happy about that deal. By the way. Yeah, I, I knew you would be. And it would be silly for them not to. Um, CJ McCollum would be my six. Uh Devin Booker seven, but maybe that's a little too soon. Um, yeah, I would say I want to put Rodney Hood at eight, especially without Gordon Hayward. Um, Gary Harris nine, and then ten. I gotta go with Avery Bradley, just because he. I like guys who play offense and defense. Yeah, 
and I respect that, and I don't – like Victor Oladipo can score points. He can't cover me or you. Um, Nicholas Batum's a good player. Can't but, cover me or you. Yeah, and he's more of a three than a two as well. He's not an yeah. actual shooting guard. It's a bit of an He's not. Fish. So that's that's where I would go. I want to hear yours, though. I'm curious. Okay, so James, I mean, James Harden is number one. And anyone who says otherwise hasn't watched uh, a second of NBA basketball for the past three or four years. Yeah. Um, I was going to cheat, and I was going to make Wiggins my small forward and Jimmy Butler my shooting guard. You could Jim- do that, and I thought about that. He would have been my number Jimmy two. Butler is the number two. Agree, and I, I, I didn't do that. I, I do think he's going to play small forward, and I think Wiggins will be the shooting guard. Yeah. Um, so Clay is my number two. Okay, so we're the same now. Um, I've got CJ McCollum as my number three. Okay. And the reason for that is just I think his playmaking sets, very- him, sets him apart, and he's a great shooter. Um, I've got Beal at four. Uh, okay. DeRozan at five. So basically all around the same so far. I've got Avery Bradley at six. And I, I thought about moving him higher, but I just, I couldn't do it because I don't know. No. He's going to be scoring on a team where he has to score. I have made a mistake. My number three is actually Gordon Hayward. Because is if you he... think about it, realistically, he's got to play the two in Boston because they're talking but, about Brown but, and Tatum starting. So there's your 3-4. Yeah, but he's not really a two, though. He's not, but if he's playing the two, I can put him as my two, and therefore he's the number 3-2 guard. I'm not allowing that, but if you want to go ahead... <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and do that. You can go ahead and do that. Here, here on my side of the podcast, we're allowing that rule. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so Hayward 3, uh, McCollum 4, Beal 5, DeRozan 6, Avery 7, Wiggins 8, Booker... Now, oh, hold on. Do you... You have Andrew Wiggins 8th? Yeah. Now, you do... I'm guessing you agree with what I was saying, though. He has potential... Oh, without guy question. Yeah. Okay, without question. And, and when he has played the two in the past couple of years, I think he's been brilliant. Yeah. It's just that, like you mentioned, his defense is absolutely terrible so far. It's, yeah, it is. But he's he, only 22. He's only 22. He needs to, he needs to improve his dribble and he needs to be more creative and more efficient. Yeah, he does. Um, he... yeah, Booker at nine. Okay. Number 10. See, I had Rodney Hood in my top 10. I just like See, him. Again, though, I think he's playing small forward. Yeah, that's the thing. You just it, I'm going to go with Danny Green. Okay, he can shoot. On, I will never on put the a, basis of guy he can shoot, and he is fantastic defensively. And the most fun play in the NBA is watching Danny Green do a chase down block because he's the best I've ever seen at it. Danny um, Green, Danny Green has the most punchable face in the NBA. He does, and he, look, he, I I know he's not <laughs> he's an all star caliber player, but I think he sacrifices really well for the team. And he, yeah, he's a spur. I think he hits big shots. I think he's really intelligent. And I just think his defense gets him in for me. Um, okay. Honorable mention. Uh, I, I think Andre Robertson is a good player. And I think he's going to step forward yeah. this year and do really well. Yeah, that's a really, I didn't even think about him. Yeah, um, very good player. Do you know who I really like, and I I think he could be really good this year, 
Actually, mm. there's two guys. Contavious Caldwell Pope. With the Lakers, I think. With th- the Lakers uh, playing next yeah. to Lonzo and with, um, with Ingram at the three. Do you I think, think he, he really starts good. now because of Kuzma? How, how good Kuzma's playing or? I still think you have to start him with the money they paid okay. him. Yeah, good point. Um, what I about Deion Waiters? Do you think Deion Waiters can still? No, I hate Deion Waiters. I, I know you I hate, hate him, him, but I hate him. I, I'm not a huge fan, but he's kind I of in line. I don't even acknowledge the exact. <laughs> hate him. He, well, he'd oh. be after Lance Lance Stevenson on my list. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's how much. That's how much I hate him, and I don't like Lance Stevenson at all. No, I hate Lance Stevenson. And the other guy who who would have been my number ten on this list if it wasn't for the fact that he's missed so much time last year with an injury. And I think is like Danny Green turned up to eleven. Is Chris Middleton, who I think is, is very one of, good, one of the best wing. Def- Actually, do you know what? I'm just going to go with Chris Middleton. I know he missed games last year, but he's just such a good player. He's great defensively, really, really hyper intelligent player. Yeah, hits big shots. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Chris Middleton at ten. Rodney Hood would be in my top 10, but I think he's playing small forward. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. I have no problem with that. The only one I had a problem with was um, Gordon Hayward, which, mm. you know, if you were in front of me, I, I would repeat but the slap. you said you were picking Rodney Hood on the base of him replacing Gordon Hayward. But, so, he's a, but he's a shooting guard. But he's a small forward. But he played shooting guard at Duke. Yeah, but that, that doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It no, does it- matter. Because he, Gordon, Gordon people Hayward went to coach Katie's little lab and come out as things they're not, but, and then they change and they get to the league. So I will say that you're actually right. Some of them do. That's true. Coach I, I, K, I, coach coach K, K is K one of the K five K greatest K. coaches that has ever lived in any sport anywhere in the world. And he gets so much hatred because just the way he looks and people hate Duke. But yeah, yeah I don't know how you can disagree with what you just said. Guy it's impossible. Is a god. Yeah, he's free. he is for me too, and, and you know I'm a Duke fan, but I just can't see how people can't can't see that he's a phenomenal coach. Mm-hmm. Coaching is not just X's and O's; it's getting egos to come together and play as a team. And he is so good at it. He's proved it with the Team USA. Let's put that shit to bed. I don't care if you hate Duke; you can't hate Coach K. No. And the last thing I wanted to talk about tonight, because we are running a little late, and I apologize, guy, because I know you're going to be doing this. It's my, my – I have to shout out Guy's name on every pod because I told him I would always do that. So Guy Drinkle, Guy Drinkle, Guy Drinkle. And in French, you'd be Guy Drinkle. Um, a great man. He is a great man. So Dave and I always like to do a legend of the game. Tonight we are doing one – this is Dave's all-time favorite player, mm. um, Mr. – Emmanuel David Manu Ginobili Makari. Or Ginobili, as David Stern pronounced his name when he was drafted. Emmanuel Ginobili. Yes, like he's an Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Manu was actually drafted in 99. Yeah. Pick number 57. Um, Most people who watch hoops know the San Antonio Spurs acumen when it comes to drafting. Um. Didn't even come over to play to the Spurs in 2002. So that should, they're a typical draft and stash team. And they've made that for everybody in the freaking league. You see the Sixers do it all the time. You see a lot of teams do it all the time. That's how the Sixers got Sarge. That's how the Sixers got, um, uh, Ferdinand, uh, the, 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 the Turkish kid. Mm. Um, but, but back to Ginobili, um, 
two-time NBA All-Star, uh, two-time NBA third team, four-time NBA champion, NBA sixth man of the year in 08. And we could probably go stats and stats and stats and all this junk. But the stats will never tell the tale. That's what I wanted of, to hear come out of your mouth because I, this I, guy. there's a I, lot of I, I'm sorry, but the fact that he's only won the sixth man of the year once is makes ridiculous. That, makes that award completely irrelevant because this guy has been the sixth man of the year, the best sixth man in the NBA. I would say 12 out of the last 15 years. Yeah, remember, uh, his, he played great years from 95 to 2002 in the Argentine and Italian leagues. Yeah. So it's not um, like he came over here as a young kid. No, he was a man when he arrived in this league. Yeah, um, and, won, he, and he won 2004 Olympic gold medal at the behest of my um, United States team. But remember, guys, he's Argent, he's Argentinian. So and that that team was that team was so much fun. That, that yes, they were Argentinian team with him and Skola and, and the rest. Um, and they played hard. They punch you in the throat. They yeah, cut you, they didn't care. Whatever they do, they didn't care. And I they love that care. kind of play. I love the um, physical play, but Dave, he's your favorite player. You tell is. me about him. Yeah, it's funny when I tell people he's my favorite player, they look at me and kind of go, well, but like, what about Kobe? It's like, no, yeah. it's like, no, sorry. You, you're a Kobe hater. You would never no, say. No, I know. I, I look, I. No, no, don't. You can't, you can't repeat. No, can't say that. You're a Kobe no, hater. I, I, I've fair. labeled you that. That's what you are. <laughs> the, the, the poor man's Michael Jordan. Um, no, look. <laughs> Manu is just so much fun to watch. He's the most creative basketball player I've ever seen. Um, in a different lifetime, he's Magic Johnson. Yeah. You know, the point guard running, running, um, showtime. But under Pop, he accepts the role that was given to him. Um, it helped that he played with a scoring point guard in, in Tony Parker so that he could. Uh, you know, and Parker's very happy to play off the ball, so Manu could, could handle the ball a lot. Um, the six man role has always suited him. And, you know, you look back and, and just the passes, the, the court vision, the dunks, you know, they, like he kind of invented that play where he would go to the left hand side of the court, wave his arm once, and the entire rest of the Spurs would go and stand in the right corner. And just leave him one on one because it's money every time, and yep. you just see that look of dread. Anything, defenders didn't even need to look around; they'd see him wave his hand, and they just know I'm screwed now. It's one on one. I'm not. I'm not stopping this guy. Um, he's really the guy that made the Euro step as popular as it is. Yeah, yeah I he think is. every left-handed player in the league has borrowed heavily from Manu. Uh, James Harden has spoken at length that he stole oh, man. a lot of his game from Manu. Yeah, uh, D'Angelo had... Russell. D'Angelo Russell's probably the closest thing to Manu to come into the league since. Um, doesn't have Manu's intelligence. Still quite an intelligent player, obviously. Um, potentially a very intelligent player if he develops properly. But um, he, you can see something in him that's very Manu. That that pass where Manu gets the ball and one-handed and just kind of holds it and everything around him stops and then he just zips the ball one bounce right into the hands of a cutter just phenomenal court vision phenomenal passer a pure entertainer once slapped a bat out of midair <laughs> just because it was annoying him yeah um you know the guy's just a, i mean he greg popovich 
quote after the 2005 NBA playoffs about Ginobili. He has a willingness to do what it takes to win and to do it at the highest possible level of intensity every single minute he steps on the court. Mm. That's I'm, Dave Pop- and I, opinion, best coach ever saying yeah. that about Ginobili. Popovich and Ginobili, Ginobili hated each other to begin with. They did. Because Manu wanted to play Manu's style and Pop wanted Manu to adapt to the team and Eventually, mm-hmm. they kind of reached a compromise where when Manu was on the floor with the, with the starting five, he would adapt his game. But when he was running the second string, it was Manu ball. And yeah, that's just had, what the Spurs had, have done. Yeah, he had seasons where he averaged 20 points a game. Yeah, so yeah he could, exactly. He could do that. He it, could it was, just take over games. And the most, look, the greatest finals performance by a team that I have seen in my entire time watching the NBA which goes back to the to the early nineties when the you know the Bulls are winning their first three peat, um, is the Spurs four one victory over the Heat. Oh, it was because there was this... no one individual who who took over games. It was the team, and mm-hmm. the key to it all was Manu, and that second string that he would run out with him. You'd have Dio, you'd have um, uh, Bellinelli. And Paddy Mills with oftentimes Thiago Splitter. Um, the, the passing, the movement, the, it was like, it was like watching, you know, classical music yeah. form before your eyes. It was just phenomenal. And that was after a year, that was only a year after he'd been written off, after he'd stank the place out in the previous year's final and he was written off and everybody said he should retire. He came back with a point to prove he had a really good regular season. He did. And he was a killer in the playoffs. And I thought he should have won finals MVP. With that said, I couldn't really argue with Kawhi, who was brilliant. Um, but for me, like that finals defined him and defined the Spurs and defined Popovich. And he was just so important. And like title 03, 05, 07 perfect complimentary player to Tony Parker perfect complimentary player to Tim Duncan um, so unusual in, in what he can do and how he went about his his play very very hard for coaches to game plan for and maybe the most intelligent player since Bird, since Magic since Michael, yeah, you know he's up there with them um, is, is he the best European player ever for you in the NBA? I think I think he is. I think he's the best non. Well, as, now we know. We, I know you got Nowitzki, who's a great player. I think he's. I think he's. I think it's different though, because Dirk is seven foot and shoots like a guard, and had a different role. Yeah, be way Dirk, different. Role. Dirk doesn't have Manu's talent, like his all round talent. Um, I, I would say he's the the one I think it would have been is Drazen Petrovic, but. Unfortunately, yeah, he passed away in a car accident in Germany accident. Yeah. in, I think, 92 or 93. Yep. Um, I think it would have been him. Other than that, I think it is. It's between Manu and Dirk. I would pick Manu just because um, I think his all-round game is just more impressive. I, I would put him after Hakeem as the second greatest non-American player of all time. Okay. I think that's fair. 
Um, I'm not sure how you can put anybody over. I agree with you there. Akeem Lajuan's just a different animal. I, I got it. Yeah, he he really is. Like the the things a guy at seven foot who had the feet of a ballerina, mm. which is why he reminds me again, which is why he reminds me of Embiid, who we talked about earlier. And Embiid stole has stolen most of his moves. Yeah, and he and he's smart in doing that. But, but yeah, he's you know, bigger and stronger than Akeem. Yeah, and you look at Joel Embiid is just a freak of nature. He's he doesn't look like a basketball player. He and that's what happens when you grow up in Africa playing soccer. You you develop that, you know, <clears throat> you develop footwork playing mm. soccer, and that's what he did, and then he realized, hey, I'm a good basketball player. But Ginobili, any final thoughts, Dave? Um, I, If this is going to be his final hurrah, then it's been an absolute pleasure watching his entire career, and I have plans to watch every Spurs game this year, uh, nice. cause I, I think it will be his last year, and... I, I hope I hope I hope it's a good one. I, I hope I don't think they're going to win the title, but I hope he goes out in a high because he's probably stuck around a year or two too long. Yeah, he's forty now. He's forty now, and like he plays a very, very hard. He plays hard. Like he doesn't take it easy. He doesn't take shifts off. He's on the floor. He's playing hard, and I don't want to see him go out the way we've seen other players go out with it, kind of as a wet fart. I want to yeah. see him go out with a bang. So, I, I thought last year after the playoffs when he when he blocked Harden and hit that three, I thought you know what, call it a career, mm-hmm. go join Timmy on whatever secluded island he's on. Yeah, <laughs> Virgin Islands guy. Tony Park will be along in, in a year or so if if he ever comes back from the injury. Yeah, it's um, a shame, bad injury. But yeah, I mean Manu for me and. Uh, Unquestionably, all, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think so too. But and I, all, all that for the guy who was the second to last pick in the NBA draft, folks. Yeah, second to last. Goes to show how far we've come. In yeah, terms of, in terms of scouting and and, and that's that nine. That yep, that's nineteen ninety nine, my graduation high school year, and that's nobody gave the second round really any. Nobody gave a shit, and that well, that just goes to show you the San Antonio Spurs are always ahead of everybody else of the curve. So before we go, Dave, do you have anything coming up you want to plug? Any pods coming up? Um, I don't know. I think I might have this weekend, but it's all about trying to schedule things with people, so I, I won't promise anything. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out once again to our friend Ken, yeah. Ken Haggerty. Uh, congrats on the new baby. Absolutely delighted for you. Um. Here's the Ken and Ken Jr. Yes, Ken, Ken and his beautiful baby girl, the, um, Sophie. Kendra. <laughs> at least, at least, like, I hope I can get Sophie right, but he knows I talk to him a lot. And uh, we were supposed to pod Tuesday, and the little girl was acting up. And that happens. I had kids. It happened to me all the time. But Ken, congratulations. Um, for me, me, Gags, and Kay are going to do a Stranger Things preview. Um, if anybody was a, a big fan of that and, uh, the, all the AI pro stuff now, which is really coming off. I know Dave, you're going to be a part of that. Um, so you'll be hearing more of this Irish bastard. He won't be partying for weeks at Irish fest. Um, but that's it. Episode 13 is done. And like I always say at the end of episode, Dave, trust the process.
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.